Yes, today is the last day of the fast. Are y'all excited about that? Yeah. We'll only be in here till five o'clock, that's all. <laughs> we'll be celebrating. Good morning and welcome. Everyone, y'all give a hand, uh, hand clap to those that are joining us online. We want to welcome you this morning. Thanks for joining us at New Life Church of Mobile. And we're so excited for you to join us today. And we're in the middle of our series called Hero Makers. Y'all say Hero Makers. This is week three of Hero Makers. Then week one, we talked about the life of a disciple and what that meant, the life of a disciple. Last week, we talked about the function of a disciple. And this week, we're talking about the journey of a disciple, the journey of a disciple. And Hero Makers, again, is just Jesus was the ultimate hero maker that all the people that came around here, ultimately Jesus said, you know what? I'm gonna make you do great things, great exploits for my name's sake, which made them a hero to so many people that they encountered. And so when we become disciples of Christ, our main objective is to say, you know what? I'm gonna go into the world, I'm gonna preach the gospel, and I'm gonna make heroes for someone else because they're gonna be heroes for their family, for their neighborhood, for their communities, and for generations and generations to come. So all of us should aspire to be what? Hero makers. Hero makers of others. Not to exalt ourselves or to promote ourselves, but to promote the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And this week, like again, we're talking about the journey of a disciple. The journey of a disciple. And all the notes are on our app. You can download our app. You can follow along with us. But I thought it would be fun this morning to play a game before we get started. Do y'all like games? And I'm telling you, this is a real game. So when I play, when I start the game and I give you the instructions, I don't want you to think that I'm making this up on the fly and that I've lost my mind. And I'm pretty sure that everybody in this room is gonna be confused, but it's okay. But it is a real game, just know that. It is a real game. And this is a game we used to play in baseball. We called it the travel game. We call it the travel game, but I thought, hey, we're talking about the journey of a disciple. Let's play the travel game this morning. So this is how the travel game works. I take you on a journey, and depending upon where the journey takes me, will let you know my end destination. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna take you on a journey. I'll tell you all the stops that I made on my journey, and at the end of my journey, you have to tell me what city I'm located in. Does that make sense? Okay, y'all ready? Y'all sure? Okay, well, y'all probably not, but it's okay. So, let's see, let me, let me get a good one. Let's see. Okay, I got one. All right, so, start off in um, Boston. Never been to Boston before, heard clam chowder was the rave, so I was like, let's go to Boston. Let's try some clam chowder. I went there, and it was amazing, y'all. I know we're from the South and we have good food down here, but that clam chowder, it changed my life. It's just, all right, still not sure about the clam chowder. <laughs> so we went to Boston and after I left Boston, I said, you know what, let's go to Rhode Island. I heard Rhode Island was beautiful. It was amazing, Rhode Island was amazing. So I stayed there a day. So after I left Rhode Island, I went to Virginia. Virginia still staying on the East Coast a little bit, wanted to try some crabs. They were okay, they're not like the crabs down here, but it was pretty good, so I decided to stay two more days just to give it another try. So after I left Virginia, I said, well, let's go fly all the way to the Pacific Northwest and go to Seattle. So I end up in Seattle. Where am I? I'm in Atlanta. See, y'all looking at me confused. I told you you're going to be confused. This is a real game. I'm not making this up. It's, it's not made up. Okay, I'll take you on another journey. Okay, let's see. Let's get another good one here. Let's see. Okay, I got a new one. All right. So I start off in, let's go to California. California, go to California. California is great. I stayed there five days. It was so amazing, I just had to take in the sun, all the sights, but it couldn't stay too long, so I only stayed five days because you gotta get out of California, they're crazy down there. So I left there and I went to, um, let's see, I went to, last time I went to Boston, let's go to Baltimore. So I went to Baltimore. Baltimore wasn't really much there, so I left there immediately 
And then I went to San Antonio. Where am I? I'm in Chicago. Now see, I know y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? How do you go to these places and, and end up in places that you don't even mention? But, the, but that's, the that's the beauty of the travel game. And obviously, it's a pattern to the game. And where I'm telling you where I'm going is giving you clues to my destination. We say, well, how does that relate to what we're talking about today? The journey of a disciple is a mystery because even though I know the instructions of where I'm going, you don't. Guess who knows the instructions of where your life is going? Jesus. He knows exactly where you're going, but to you, you could be all types of confused. Where in the world are we going? Where are you taking me on this journey called life, God? I have no idea what's going on. I'm thinking I'm going this way, and then you pull a Houdini and send me over here. Like, what is going on? But that's the point. It's not for us to try to understand. It's us for us to trust God. And in this journey of a disciple, it takes faith to trust that, God, I know that you have a plan for me. I know that you have purpose for me. So I trust you along this journey. Some of y'all were looking at me during the game like, I don't trust that this is a real game. But that's OK. You don't have to put your trust in me and that this is a real game. And I'll tell you how it goes. Just and we, like I said, we played this in baseball, and it used to drive guys crazy. But this is how it goes. The first letter of each, the first letter of each city that I said I was going to represents something. So the first one I went to, I said I went to Baltimore. That's B. That lets you know that that's a B. Then I said I went to Rhode Island. That's R. B R. I said I stayed there a day. B R A. Then I went to Virginia. B R A V. Stayed there two days. B-A-R-E, A-E-I-O-U, five vowels, A-E-I-O-U. So A represents one. I'm going too fast for y'all? OK. So B-A-R-V-E, and then I said I went to Seattle, S. That's Braves. The Atlanta Braves, where is that? Atlanta. So that's how I end up in Atlanta. The second one, I said I went to California. Stayed there five days. What's the fifth vowel? U, C-U. Then I said I went to Baltimore, C-U-B. And then I went to San Antonio, which S is the Cubs. So that's how I end up in Chicago. So it is a real game. You just have to know the pattern how to play. So I did want to tell you, leave you all confused the whole time trying to figure out. And instead of listening to the message, how did that game go? But that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's the travel game. But on this journey of life, it's like that sometimes. You're trying to figure out, God, I thought I had it all figured out, but now I don't. And today we're going to look at not necessarily a disciple, but a person that was on the ultimate journey, and that's the life of Abraham. We're going to look at the life of Abraham this morning on the journey of a disciple. We said, well, Abraham wasn't a disciple. He wasn't, but that's okay. We could use his uh, life as an example this morning. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that it brings uh, life, Lord God, your word brings life. We thank you for these next few moments that we have together. Lord, we dedicate this to you. Open up our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So Abraham, we're going to look at the life of Abram. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, we'll start in verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and I will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you." Man, what a promise, what a great word from the Lord to receive that. But Abraham, or Abram at the time, did not know the journey that he was gonna go on to receive those promises. And not only that, he didn't even live to receive the fullness of it. But guess what? Just because he didn't leave to receive the fullness of it doesn't mean that it was still his. And the great thing about this is that the first thing that we have to understand about the journey of a disciple is the same thing that Abram had to understand. The first thing, you can write this down, number one, is following a command. Following a command. In the journey of a disciple, you will have to learn how to follow a command. And not just one, multiple commands. So throughout your walk with the Lord, 
there are going to be things that God is going to ask you to do that you're just going to have to obey the command and you're going to have to trust him. And what is that going to take? It's going to take faith. In this journey of a disciple, if you don't have faith, you're not going to make it. Because there are going to be certain things. I just want you to put yourself in Abram's shoes. And the Lord speaks is, leave your native country, your relatives, your family, your father's home. Go to a land I will show you. Well, which land is that? He didn't tell him. He just said, go to the land I will show you. Pack up everything and just leave. Just go, and I will show you on the route. We would have so many questions before we ultimately decide, God, I, I will follow your command. But Abram, he just said, you know what? I trust you, God. I have faith in you. Even though I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to pack up everything. I'm going to leave my father's land, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going on this journey. But how many times does God speak a command to us, but we have questions? Okay, God, I hear what you're saying, but hear me out. Let, let, me, let, me, let me just give me a few more details before I can commit to what you're asking me to do. But it really doesn't work like that. Sometimes God may, may humor you and just say, okay, what are your questions? Let's just hear them. But for the most part, it's going to be no. Do you trust me or not? Do you have faith to believe that I'm going to take you to the place that I have for you? And that takes extreme faith. On this journey as a disciple, it's going to take extreme faith to trust God. And what I love about this, uh, when God gives us command, not always, but most of the time, usually all the time, uh, the command is connected to a promise. The command is connected to a promise. He told Abram, he said, go to a land that I will show you. Leave your relatives and all that. And he said, now I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and, I, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed before you. All he had to do was uh, obey the command to receive the promise. And scripture is filled through all the, the Old Testament and New Testament that God gives a command that's attached to a promise. And if you just obey the command, God is saying, I have a promise that's awaiting you. You just have to obey the command. But it's going to take faith to trust me on this journey. And so many things that we have in our heart that we say, God, I desire to do awesome things for you. God, I want to know you more. And he says, well, I have all those things waiting for you. I just need you to obey this command that you didn't do 10 years ago or you didn't do two months ago. And he said, go back and obey the command. Follow the command. You know, we have a nine-year-old daughter, Camden. Y'all know Camden. And so three years ago, it was three years ago she started piano? Is that three? Three years ago, we decided that, hey, as parents, we feel like our best, um, our obligation as a parent, I should say, is to find out what, are our, what is our child gifted in, what is she interested in, and say, you know what, let's put fire on those passions and not things that necessarily she's not that interested in. Because we could put her in a whole bunch of things that she's not interested in and just waste time. But like, let's build value for her life. And one thing that we learned about her is she loved to worship, she loved to sing, and we said, you know what, let's put her in piano. Let's put her in piano. And so we decided three years ago, her school was offering piano lessons during school. So we're like, let's, let's, let's try, let's give it a try. And so we told her about it, like, what do you think about playing the piano? And she was all excited until she found out that piano was gonna take place during PE. And she said, you know what? I wanna take piano, but I don't wanna miss PE. PE, I, I love PE, it's so fun. I don't, I don't wanna go to piano if I have to miss PE. Well, we said, well, baby, we're sorry. This is the time that's available. So for this one day, you're gonna have to miss PE to go to piano. And she, she kicked and she fought and we're like, Camden, this is the way it is. And she was like, okay. So I don't remember if it was the first lesson or the second lesson. It was one of the two, I can't remember. But we gave her the check to give to her teacher. So she goes to the piano lesson at a scheduled time. She gives the check to her teacher and she says, here's the check, but I'm not coming today. I'm going to piano. I mean, I'm going to recess. And so the teacher is looking at her like, what? And she literally just handed her the check and ran off to go to recess. And so the teacher immediately called tomorrow and told her what's going on. And sure enough, when she got home, we had a little uh, time of fellowship uh, in her room. And she got corrected. And she realized from that point on, when we give a command, you obey the command. Because we know that there's something attached to the command 
that if you just stay diligent and focused on it, that it's something great in your future. And now, it's been three years later, she loves the piano. Now she doesn't even like recess. She's like, I don't want to go to recess. Can I go to piano every day? And she's been in recitals. And when she comes home, we don't even have to tell her to go practice. She runs to the room and she practices herself. And she loves the piano. But as her parents, we have the foresight to say, hey, I know you. this may be temporary uh, displeasure because you think you love recess right now. But if you just obey the command, what you receive in return is so much greater. And God is the same way with us. If you just obey the command, I know you feel like what you're holding on to is great, but if you just, just obey the command, what I have for you is so much greater. But it takes faith to trust him on this journey. And the thing about obeying a command is, like I mentioned before, we want our voice, voice to be heard, we want, especially if we don't understand what's really going on. We want to say, God, can you please just... Let me go, let me know, give me a few more details. Why is that? Because we want control. We want control of our lives because we feel like if I'm in control, there's peace. Because nobody can do it better than me. I can't trust this responsibility or to you with my life because I know what's best for my life. Like God doesn't know what's best for our life. And like we have questions for God, like God, I know you're the creator of the universe, the heavens and the earth. I know you knitted me in my mother's womb and all that, but I have some questions. Can you please hear me out? But we've been reading about the life of Joseph. And what amazed me about Joseph is that all the things that he went through, uh, the betrayals, the, the lies, he never once said, hear me out. He never once said, hear my side of the story. She, Potiphar's wife, she's lying on me. My brothers, they, he never once griped and complained about what his brothers did to him. What he did was he said, you know what? I'm going to silence my voice because I'm pretty sure he had a lot of questions. And I'm pretty sure he had a lot of things he wanted to voice. But he said, instead of that, I'm going to silence my voice and my questions, and I'm just going to see what God is trying to do in this situation. And because his perspective was, I want to see what God is doing in this situation, everything Joseph touched was blessed. Because he said, you know, I'm going to put aside what I think or what I feel, and I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to open up my spiritual eyes to say, God, what are you doing in this situation when, when you put me in this and when you're telling me to obey this command? I may not know, and I may want to voice my opinion, but I'm going to silence myself and say, God, I trust you. God, I have faith. I'm just going to go with it, and along the way, you'll make it clear. And guess what? He always does. He always makes it clear in the end. So the first thing in the journey of a disciple is we have to follow a command. Y'all say follow a command. The second thing we have to do on the journey is follow through with the command. Not just follow the command, but follow through with the command. In Matthew chapter 21, there's a story, the parable, a parable that Jesus gave about two sons. The father went to one, the first son and he said, hey, I don't need you to go out and work in the vineyards. And the first son said, no, I won't go. But then, excuse me, later he changed his mind and he went. Then he went to his second son. And the second son, he said, I will go. But then later on, he didn't go. And Jesus said that, which one do you think was obedient or that was obedient to his father? And the thing is, the first son, even though he said no, he changed his mind and said, you know what? I want to be obedient to my father. I'm going to follow through with this. Even if you start off by following God and you say, God, I'm not going to do it, but you say, you know what, I'm going to obey the command, there's mercy and grace for you. There's mercy and grace to follow through with the command. But always know this, follow through with the command. No matter what you think, no matter what you feel, follow through with the command because there's always safety and protection when you follow through. And when I think about a person, just any person, that I can see a steady pattern in their life of follow through and of, of when they follow through on God's command, there are certain things about their life that stand out to me. Y'all wanna know what those things are? When a person follows through with God's command, these things have been consistent that I've noticed the fruit of their lives. The first thing is that they have a harvest of right living. They, they, they live upright lives that can be modeled and their example is worthy to be followed. People that consistently follow through with commands of God, those are people who say, that is an example that I can follow. 
that's a person's lifestyle that I can model because they produce a harvest of right living because they're following through on the commands of God, meaning that they're right where God needs them to be. And that's an example I can follow. There's a, there's a the harvest of righteous living. Also, there's a harvest of healthy relationships. A person that follows through with their commands, they always have healthy relationships. They don't burn bridges. When you don't follow through, sometimes you can start off committed to relationships and then on a whim, you could just leave a trail of burnt bridges. But a person that is following uh, uh, God and following through with the commands, they show a pattern of healthy relationships everywhere they go. Did I say perfect relationships? No, healthy relationships. Meaning that there may be conflict, there may be discourse, but guess what? They could come back together and say, let's get back on the same page. Let's get back in unity. Because I'm following it. Because usually if there's conflict or discourse, what does God do? God places on your heart to say, go reconcile. Go make things right with that person. And when you follow them through the commands of God, guess what? You can say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I said that out of anger. I apologize. And so as a result, you have healthy relationships around you everywhere that you go because you're constantly following through with the commands that God has given you. How many times has God told you to go forgive someone or to apologize for someone? But I can't do that. I just, mm, do you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand how they lied to me, how they betrayed me. I trusted them. And because we can't follow through with the command, trail of broken relationships trail of broken relationships, but when we are faithful to follow through with the commands of God, we can look back at our relationships and say, man, I don't know how this relationship made it. I know me and my wife were on rocky terms at one point, but praise God, we are in a great place right now because I follow through on that command. What else is there to notice about a person that follows through with the command of God? There's stability, and that's a big one. They have stable lives. They're stable in their emotions, they're stable in their uh, decisions. They just have a life of stability that you can hold on to and can gain strength from. A person that doesn't follow through on their commands from God, they're always like a, the wind that's blowing in the wind. They, you don't know which way, if they're coming or going, because there's no stability, because they don't know what to do, because they're so confused, because they hadn't obeyed the commands of God. And it's like, on the inside, there's turmoil. On the inside, there's anxiety and stress because they know I'm not being obedient to what God has called me to do, so I can't even think straight. They're confused, but when you say, you know what, I'm going to follow through with the commands of God, immediately there's a sense of peace that comes over you. It's an instant sense of peace that comes over you that brings stability. That you can say, you know what, now I can stand on solid ground because I know I'm following the commands of God and I'm following through with it. But your follow through is everything. God is not saying, yes, I want you to follow my, but I need you to follow through with it for the rest of your life. There's gonna be plenty of opportunities for you to start following the command, but then along the way on the journey, if it gets too difficult and your faith gets tired or weary, you're gonna say, God, I can't follow through with this anymore. It's been three months. It's been one year, it's been 10 years, it's been 20 years, and all these things can, can, can callous our hearts to the point where we feel like, God, I can't follow through with this command anymore. I can't follow through with following you again. It's, it's too hard. I have to sacrifice too much in this life to follow you. It shouldn't be this hard, and we don't follow through. But God is calling us, don't just follow the command, follow through with the command, amen? So that's the first thing, follow the command, follow through with the command. And the third thing that it leads to is this, freedom and deliverance. Freedom and deliverance. In the journey of a disciple, we must understand that Jesus wants us to be free and delivered from everything that keeps us bound and oppressed. It is his will for us to be free. Galatians 5.1, it says, so Christ has truly set us free. So make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to law. And in the ESV version, it says, for freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. But I love that, when you get free, stay free. Stay free. On the journey of a disciple, God wants to free you from every addiction, every bondage, every habit, he wants freedom and deliverance from you. 
Abraham was the same way. When Abraham went on the journey, we know the story, that he was, went with his nephew Lot. And along the journey, God said, Abram, for you to fulfill everything that I have for you through the promise, there are some things you're going to have to separate from. There are some things you're going to have to get free from, and Lot is one of them. But the thing is, because Abraham followed through with the commands of God, it wasn't a, it wasn't a messy split. He still blessed Lot when he said, you choose whatever direction you want to. You go that way, I'll go that way. But if you want to go this way, I'll go that way. And he still prayed for him and blessed him because he followed through with the command of God. But there was a time that God says, I need you to get free from some things and separate yourself for what I have for you. And that's freedom and deliverance. We can all look at things and areas in our lives and we say, God, I need freedom and deliverance in this area. And what does Lot represent? Lot represents pursuits of sin. What does Lot represent in our life? For freedom and we need to be free from and delivered from pursuits of sin. If there's any area in our life where we're actively pursuing sin, we need freedom and deliverance. If there's bad habits, addictions, laziness, anything that weighs us down, slows us down, or keeps us down, or distract us from the journey of the disciple, we need freedom and deliverance. There's always things in life. I love the fast because the fast at the beginning of the year, it has you, uh, gives you a chance to focus and hone in on the Lord where he can really deal with your heart. And you can start off the year strong. But the thing is, we just have to maintain that by continually bringing things before the Lord and say, Lord, continue to free my heart and deliver me from things that hold me down, that weigh me down, that slow me down. We need Jesus to help us walk out our salvation and our freedom and deliverance. And in the life of a journey, guess what? Of the life of a disciple, you're going to take the journey of faith or you're going to take the journey of life. Either way, you're going to take a journey. The journey of faith says, I trust God. The journey of life says, I trust myself. Journey of faith says, God, I trust you. Journey of life says, I do whatever I do that makes me feel great. I've lived both lives. I've followed both journeys. And let me tell you, that journey of life will leave you uh, down, dusted, uh, busted, and disgusted. It will leave you jacked up. It will leave you in the fetal position in your room crying to God, God, take me now. God, just make it in. But all he says is, I just need you to come to me and say, I need you. Just surrender your life to me. Just trust me. Just have faith in me. And we read today in, uh, in Matthew where uh, Jesus was walking on water. And Peter said, if it's you, God, just call me out. And he said, well, come. And immediately he walked out. But then it says the winds and the waves began to blow. And then Peter, he's, he started to sing, save me, Lord. And he said, oh, Peter, you have little faith. Why didn't you just trust me? Trust seems like something like, oh, yes, God, I trust you. Until you're in a situation where you have to trust him. Then he says, okay, let's see if you really trust me. It's easy to say I trust you, God, when everything's going great. But when you're in the valley and you really have to pull and draw from your faith in this journey as a disciple, can you truly trust him? If you hear news that you don't want to hear, can you really trust him? When your bank account is not what it should be, can you really trust him? When your health isn't where it should be, can you truly trust that he is a healer? In the journey of a disciple, we have to say, God, I trust you. No matter what, I trust you, but I'm going to continue to press forward on you and be free and delivered from the fear that bounds me, down, that keeps me down. Because another thing that Abram had to get free from was the fear that somebody was going to take his wife. You ever thought about that? Everywhere he went, he kept saying, oh, when we go here, please tell them that you're my sister, because if not, maybe they will try to take you from me. And that was a fear that he had. It's like, okay, I, I get technically it is your, kind of your sister, but, but it's your wife. <laughs> that is your wife. And he had to get free. And every time, some, every time he would tell her that story, when we go to this town or this city, and, and the, the, the king or the ruler would find out, why would you put us in this position? Why would you allow us to, 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 to do something harmful? And then the blessing of the Lord ends up coming on him when the truth comes out. But when it's deception, he was in fear. When the truth came out, it was all good. But we have to make sure that we continue to walk in truth 
in this journey of a disciple and get free from everything that bounds us. Because when we walk in, 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 in bondage, and it, we try to cover up and hide and don't walk in truth. We try to put on the good face like everything is great, but on the inside, we know we're bound. We know we need deliverance, but we, but we don't walk in truth. But as soon as you walk in truth and you step into the light and you put it into the light, guess what? The enemy vanished because he no longer has control over you. You know, it's always good if you start having crazy thoughts and you ask yourself, are these thoughts crazy? Maybe you should just speak them out to someone else that's a strong believer. And then as soon as you speak it out and you put it out to the light, you'll realize, yeah, that was crazy. I just need to say it out loud. But the thing is, is you just put it out in the light. And when you put it out in the light, the enemy has no, long, no longer has control over you. But as long as you keep it in, guess what? He could torment you. You're not crazy. That's not a crazy thought. Just go with it. And you, should I go with it? I don't know. But find someone that you can trust to just get it out in the light. Like, this is what I'm thinking. You just tell me. I'm just going to get it out. And as soon as you step into the truth, guess what? Freedom comes. Freedom comes. Psalms 42, verse 1. It says, as a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. In the NIV, it says, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. What does it have to do with freedom of deliverance? The more time you spend in the presence of God, the more free you become. Because the easier it is to release things to God in his presence. And what happens is you begin to build an appetite. It says as a deer pants for, meaning that I'm longing to get into God's presence. And when you long and you have a desire to get into God's presence, guess what? God begins to speak and minister to your heart. That is a perfect opportunity to say, now their hearts are softened. Now their hearts are open to receive from me. But you have to crave and long for his presence. And another area of deliverance, you have to ask yourself is, do I crave God's presence or do I run from it? Because sometimes we can run from God's presence when we know we're not living right. That's the last place we want to be. Oh, I don't want to feel that conviction. I know I'm not living right, so I know if I get in God's presence, he's going to start speaking to me, and I'm not ready for that right now. But we have to say, no, 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 I'm going to run to God's presence because I need freedom. And there should be a longing in our hearts that says, God, I desire your presence more than anything else. Like we were in here in, in, in worship this morning, we were saying, God, I desire your presence. God, change my heart. God, mold my heart. God, speak to my heart. Deliver my heart. Sanctify my heart. And he begins to speak to areas that you may even forgot about. But it all happens in his presence. And we have to say, God, I long for your presence. And speaking on the topic of freedom and deliverance, guess what we have coming up next, February 11th? Freedom Weekend. Look how God just did that and plugged it in right there. Freedom Weekend. We have a Freedom Weekend, February 11th. It'll be from 9 to 5 a.m. You can sign up in the back. We have more information in the back. If you're online watching this on our Facebook page, we have information on, uh, on our Facebook page and website that you can take a look at and you can sign up and pay for that. But I'm telling you, every one of us for the rest of our lives will continually pursue freedom. You'll never get to a place where you say, oh, I'm free, I'm good. No, 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 doesn't work like that. We always have to pursue our freedom. Freedom is something that you can't neglect because the enemy is always right there trying to pull you back. So we have to make sure that I'm pursuing our freedom. And I'm telling you, Freedom Weekends is a one-day event where you could get free from some things that, be, that have been holding you back for years, literally. In one day, you can get free from everything that's been holding you back if you come with an open heart and you receive. If you receive by faith. You can't just come and say, oh, okay, I'm going to change. No, you have to have a heart of expectancy, and you come and say, God, I expect you to do something, and I expect to change and get free, and I'm going to get free. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to get free. The Freedom Weekend, February 11th. So that's the third thing, freedom and deliverance on the journey of the life of the disciple. And the fourth and final thing on the life of the journey of a disciple is this. We build on the next step. We build on the next step. So go back to the beginning of that verse. God told Abraham, leave your father's house, leave your land, go to a land I will show you. But all that had to start with one thing, a step. He first, in order for him to get there, you have to take one step to go to the land that he's showing you. It starts with one step. 
And sometimes we want the big overnight thing to happen in one day. But God says, no, I just need you to take a step. Just take one step. And as you take one step, I'll continue to build on that step as you continue to step. And as Abraham continued his journey and he took step on step on step, God says, I can build on him because that's a man that I'm showing, that's showing me that he has faith. And when you begin to just take one step and you step out, God says, I can build on your step of faith because you stepped out. When you had to come to that place where you realize I can't live this life on my own, I need a savior. What did you have to do? You had to step out and say, God, I receive your love. God, I receive your forgiveness. God is always looking for us to step out. We talked about Peter. Peter had to, he said, come. Peter had to step out and he did. And for a minute, he was walking, two, only two people in history walked on water. He's one of them. He might have started sinking, but guess what? He walked on water for a little bit. But he stepped out. He stepped out. And God is saying, I can build on your step. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So how do you build on the step? You work with enthusiasm. When I'm telling, there's a joy when you work for God. And when I say work, I don't mean that like in a like a bad way. But when you're serving the Lord, I should say it is. There should be an enthusiasm in your heart that you're saying I'm doing the Lord's work. There should be an enthusiasm and ex excitement in your heart that says I'm going to build on these steps with enthusiasm. These I'm building on my steps. I'm doing with excitement because I know I'm working unto the Lord. And what are some areas in our lives that we can build on with enthusiasm? These are areas in our lives that we need to always monitor and build on with enthusiasm. The first area that we need to build on, if you're in this season of life, is marriage. You should always build on your marriage with enthusiasm and not, drew, uh, not doom and gloom. Well, this is that old spouse that I have. This is the old ball and chain. This is, the, this, this is the person that God has blessed me with. This is my blessing. No, no, build on your marriage with enthusiasm, with optimism that says, you know what? This is, this is a great marriage. Well, it's not. It don't matter. Speak with enthusiasm. I'm speaking this into existence. I'm speaking this by faith that if it's not, guess what? I'm going to build on it with enthusiasm to make it great. And if it is great, it's going to be even greater because I'm building with enthusiasm. Also, what's another area that we build with enthusiasm? If you're in a season with kids or grandkids, I'm building with my kids and grandkids with enthusiasm, especially if you have little ones in the home. Parents, little ones watch everything that you do. I've heard someone say this before. The person that could tell the greatest story of your life is your kids. Not you, it's your kids. They will tell the greatest story of your life because they're going to tell it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. They could tell the greatest story of your life is your kids because they're watching your example. So we as parents have to make sure, or grandkids, if you're in a season with grandkids, make sure that we're building with enthusiasm to say, you know what, I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to be the example, and I'm going to show them this is how you live for God. This is how you serve God. This is how you worship God. This is how you enter in God's presence. This is how you read your word. This is how you join in community. This is how you serve the Lord. And we do it with enthusiasm, not, oh, it's time to go to church. No, it's time to go to church. We get to worship the Lord. We get to, let's wake up. It's, 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 five, it's, it's 7 a.m. We get to read our word. We do it with enthusiasm. And as they see the enthusiasm in you, guess what they're going to do? They're going to follow their example. But if it's doom and gloom, they're not going to want to do it. But we build with enthusiasm. Also, this is a big one. What do we build on enthusiasm with? Our job. Can I get an amen? It's not, I'll wake up in the morning, I got to go to this place again. I have to deal with these people again. No, but we do it with enthusiasm. We do it with enthusiasm, but we, be, we show up on time. We show up on time. We're a good employee. And I love, like we talked about Joseph earlier, everything that Joseph blessed, everything Joseph touched, God blessed. And not only was it for the benefit of those around him, it was for his benefit as well. And your job is blessed because you're there. But you have to do it with enthusiasm and work unto the Lord. 
Because you have to think about it this way. If, if God blesses you on your workplace and the job is blessed, in turn, it's going to come back to you in some type of way with a promotion, with a raise. If your boss sees that you, they can trust you, if, you're, uh, if you show up on time, if you work with the, well, Think about if it's two candidates for a promotion. One is full of enthusiasm, always on time, has a good attitude, and then the other one is always late. Maybe have some good things to say every once in a while, but it's always negative. Which one do you think that, think that the boss will likely hire or give the promotion to? The one working with enthusiasm. Because why would he want to put up, or she put up, want to put up with someone that has a bad attitude or that's not excited to be there? But when you work with enthusiasm, that, that shows that, whoa, 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 let me lean in a little bit to find out what's going on. Let me get to know you a little more because there's something, there's an energy, there's an enthusiasm about you that, that's attractive, and people are attracted to that. So in your workplace, let's work with enthusiasm. And the final thing is this. We need to build or work on the kingdom of God with enthusiasm. That, I'm telling you, there should be an excitement and an enthusiasm in your heart when you're building and working in the kingdom of God. There is no greater joy that I have than building help, than help playing my role in building the kingdom of God in whatever capacity. And there's been a lot of different roles that I've had over the years. There's so many different roles. I remember it started off just putting up chairs for service. This, oh, y'all need to help, help putting up chairs? Let's do it. Let's put these chairs up. Oh, we need to tear down the chairs? Let's tear the chairs down. Oh, y'all need help catching people praying for them? I'll put the cloth over them. And it's like, whatever capacity, y'all need help setting up a campus? I'll help set up the campus. I'll drive the truck. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do, God. I'm doing it with enthusiasm because I'll get to work. Man, it's an honor and a privilege to help build the kingdom of God. It is an honor and privilege to help build and serve the kingdom of God because the reward that you receive in heaven is going to be great. We say, well, I don't see it in on earth. Know that in heaven is going to be way greater than what you receive on earth because you're working unto the Lord. Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all, above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. When you seek the kingdom of God first, God will provide everything that you need. If you say, well, there's lack in my house, ask yourself, well, how's your role and your enthusiasm towards the kingdom of God? Because if you put the word into practice and what the word says, it says, if you build the kingdom of God, then guess what? All these things will be added unto you. So there shouldn't be any stress or anxiety. Not saying that you're not going to walk through hardships or trials and tribulations. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is God will provide everything that you need when you work at building his kingdom. He always does. He always provides. He always makes a way for those that are building his kingdom. I've heard so many miraculous miracles and stories and testimonies about uh, people like just having wild expectations for God. And it's like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I trust God is going to happen. And they just get busy building the kingdom of God. And guess what? It ended up happening all the time. I don't know where, but this check just came out of the mail. I'm thinking about uh, a friend that digs wells in Africa. I just see his pastor's back there. I'm just, I just immediately thought about him. I just remembered about his crazy vision that I think it was like 35 wells, or I can't remember exact number, but he was like, I have a crazy uh, number of wells that I want to dig this year. And he was like, and guess what? There's no pressure on me because I'm trusting God for him to provide for it to happen. And guess what? It happened. But when you believe God and you trust God for the crazy things and you're doing it by building the kingdom with enthusiasm, guess what? God provides. He provides all the time. And we have to say, man, I'm going to work with enthusiasm to build the kingdom of God. So the journey of disciple, it's a fun, it's a fun journey, but it's one that we have to follow a command. Not only follow the command, we have to follow through with the command and again and again and again. We're going to need freedom and deliverance on this journey. It's a continual process where we're always pursuing freedom and deliverance, and then we're always doing this. We're building on the step. When God tells us to step, we're going to step, and then we're going to build on that step. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word today. I pray that it falls on good ground, Lord God, and that more than anything, Lord God, that we get a revelation of 
of who you are in our lives and the work that you've called us to do. Lord, let us do it with enthusiasm. Let us do it with excitement. Let us do it with joy, Lord God. Let it not be a burden. But I thank you right now, Lord God, for us for following the command. That when you give us a command, not only will we follow it, but that we will follow through with it. Give us the strength. Give us the faith to follow through with every command that you've given us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that on this journey that we're free and delivered from everything that the enemy tries to bound us with, Lord God. That we won't be bound and, 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 uh, and set, up, set back, Lord God, by habits or addictions, Lord God, or bondages, but that we'll be totally free. And as we continue to step out, Lord God, that you will build on that step. That as we take each step by faith, Lord God, and as we build the kingdom of God, that you would add all these things unto us, that there would be no lack, that there would be no doubt, that there would be no fear because we trust you, because we're busy working with enthusiasm, building the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord God. What an awesome privilege it is to help build the kingdom. What an awesome privilege it is to help serve in the kingdom. Lord, let us not take it for granted. Each and every one of us has a role God has a role for each and every one of you to play in building the kingdom of God. It's a sign specifically for you. He's saying, just trust me on this journey. Have faith on this journey. Don't get weary and well-doing on this journey. Don't get weary on this journey. Build your faith. Build your endurance. Get in my presence. Get in my word. Build your faith. Seek my face. When you're weak, call on me. I'll give you strength. If you need strength, I just feel that right now. If you need strength from the Lord, just lift your hands and receive strength. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen those that are weary, Lord God. That Lord, Lord those that are weary on the journey, I thank you right now that they will find strength in your presence. That in this moment, I thank you right now that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and visit them right now to strengthen every area of their life where they're weary. Lord, those that need wisdom, I pray that wisdom is coming right now. They may be weary from to making difficult decisions, Lord God, or, or, or trying to figure out what's next. But I thank you right now that strength comes from you. Lord, that we won't try to find strength in our own ability or our own wisdom, but we lean not into our own understanding, Lord God, but that we trust you and we trust your word. Thank you for it right now. Strengthen us today in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. The journey of a disciple, and I just want to give one final invitation. You can bow your head and close your eyes one more time. I just want to give a final invitation for those of you that on the, we talking about the journey of the disciple, but you need a relationship to come. You need a relationship with the Lord. You need to get in right relationship with the Lord. I'm sorry. You find yourself away from the Lord, not serving the Lord. Maybe you served him at one time. Maybe you're watching online and you're like, man, I was so passionate. I worked with enthusiasm, building the kingdom, but life happened. And I just found myself in a position where I'm not serving the Lord anymore, but you want to come back. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to be in right standing with the Lord without a shadow of a doubt. You don't have to doubt anymore. You'll know that I am in right standing with the Lord. I want to pray with you. And if you're in the room with no one looking around and you want to receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior, if you want to come back to the Lord, maybe you followed him at one point, but you want to come back to him with no one looking around, I just want to pray with you. Just lift your hand across the room if you want to come into right relationship with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart. And you're watching online, you can do the same. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you asking for forgiveness, asking for your mercy and your grace. And I thank you, Lord God, that in this moment, I surrender my life. And as I surrender, I receive your mercy and your grace, that my life is forgiven that my sin is forgiven. I thank you that all guilt and condemnation is removed. And I thank you right now that I receive your love. I receive your peace. I receive your joy. 
Give me the strength to pursue you, to follow you, and to obey you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those that prayed that prayer of salvation. I always say this, this is the greatest day of the greatest decision that you ever make in your life. And also, we have water baptisms coming up on, what's the day? Next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have water baptism. So if you want to get water baptized, this is a great time to do that. Maybe if you've been uh, saved at the beginning of the year, one of our services, thinking about getting water baptized. Next week, we're doing water baptisms. You can sign up in the back. You could go online and sign up as well for that. But man, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. And then the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect on the back. It says, I made a decision. Just fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket during offering, and we'd love to connect with you. And if you're online, just uh, comment in the comment section, let us know, and we'll reach out to you throughout the week. Well, man, that was week three of Hero Makers, I, uh, the journey of a disciple. And before we let you go online, we want to give you an opportunity to give. Uh, there's a couple ways that you could do that. You could download our app. You could give on the app, or you can uh, go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org, and you can give on our homepage there as well. We're going to pray for the offering for those of you online that are prepared to give, and then you guys are dismissed online. Lord, we thank you today, Lord God, for uh, the time. We thank you, Lord God, that as it comes in, that you would use it and that you would bless it to advance the kingdom of God. And I pray, Lord God, for those that are giving, Lord God, that the generosity that they're showing and they're displaying, that you would bless them. Bless them and their household, Lord God. Let there be no lack. I thank you that you bless it, that you stretch it, Lord God, and use it, Lord God, above and beyond what we can ever hope or imagine, Lord God, to advance the kingdom of God. And Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, man, I know we had a lot of announcements today. That was great. But next week, water baptism, you can come join us. Also, this Wednesday, 630, we have prayer. Come join us in prayer. We have an awesome time, one-hour prayer in the presence of God. We would love to invite you to that. But hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We love you. Have a great rest of your day. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, why don't you stand to your feet?